tuned into Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Alright boys and girls, welcome back to Snake School, part two. Mm-hmm. With uh, me, Fred, and Alistair Goodwin over there on the snake decks. Yep, a big fang of snakes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there you come with a basket of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're off to the circus. Yes, circus I, snakes. Circus snakes. Oh, I figured, well, the intelligence isn't tested so much. They don't feature in, like, heroic tales. I don't know if a snake's ever saved anybody from a fire. No, but again, but they've hooped through a ring of fire. Right. Well, mm, <laughs> no, I don't know. They're not so trainable. <laughs> well, I all guess people aren't putting in the effort, I guess. But yeah, funny you should say hoop snakes does come up. Mm. It is a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, it's flying snakes. So I guess you get some jumping snakes. So, snakes, um, they weren't really a circus thing, they were more of a freak show thing, mm-hmm. and also educational lectures on snakes, showing how to milk a snake, or just snake handling. What? Milk? Like, take the venom out of them. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not mammals. Snake milk. <laughs> snake milk. Mm. Snake s- milk cheese. <laughs> and snake oil salesmen as well. I guess people, the curative powers of snake oh, oil. Snake oil. Oil, that is, yeah, that's the oil from their, like, insulation layers, isn't it? Or I don't think snake oil's a real thing. I think it's Oh, no, just, it's a hoax thing, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know if anybody was actually selling snake oil, or if you sold, like, Papa Maloney's Fix-On-Mall curative. Yeah. Cures Lyme disease, leprosy, <laughs> whooping cough, whooping cough, polio, like, one of those guys, then it's yeah. snake oil salesman. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, when I was shining my shoes one day, I looked at the thingy, and it's just like, mink oil. I, was just, I wonder if this is real. Being a vegetarian, it gets dodgy. What am I going to shine my shoes with? How do you get <laughs> extract oil from a mink? I don't know. Is it from its glands? Is it like, spray? Like with a towel, I guess. Ugh. I hope it's hair oil. Yeah. <laughs> Inside oil. <laughs> uh, I guess it's a metaphor. But some people got a bit prudish about these um, sorts of displays as being overtly sexual, especially when the lecturer was bitten, or the idea of milking a phallic-shaped animal seemed to ruffle a few uh, early 1900s uh, feathers. Yes. So the birth of snakes and entertainment uh, was that they were featured quite heavily in newspapers, and they were, the stories were always prefaced by the writer's disclaimer that the tale was probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> For example, in 1833, a Boston newspaper claimed a black snake had been cut in three and then reconstituted, hmm. meaning it got back together. Uh, many newspapers of the time had sections on the slithery little fellows that came to be called snake yarns. I love that one. Snake yarns? Yeah. Spin me a yarn about snake, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them one of those snake yarns. <laughs> <laughs> These uh, yarns ranged from people finding snakes under their pillows 
fighting 12-foot snakes, and in one case, somebody finding a spider that had caught a snake in its web and was feeding on its delicious juices. It's delicious Snake oils. milk again. Snake oil, I guess. Spider oh, yeah. catching a snake. But we just said that snake oil isn't real. It's just a trick. I know, but <laughs> neither are spiders that can catch snakes. So, <laughs> look. Well, they'd be milking the tits of the snakes. The titanorantula. <laughs> yes. <laughs> half snake, half spider. So there were all these funny, like, old-timey tales. So another classic story was of a medical student in a smoking room on a steamboat who overheard an English soldier saying that rattlesnakes were tame in comparison to the fearsome cobra of the empire. So then a fellow passenger then recounted a story of how they had seen a man whipped near to death and then tarred and feathered for releasing a snake on board a different steamboat he was on. Um, while they were talking about this, a rattlesnake appeared under the Englishman's chair, and he cowered in fear. And the medical student tossed the snake overboard before they could prove it was his. Because <laughs> I guess so, he didn't want to be tarred and feathered. No, who wants to be tarred and feathered? But who else is like... And so who's other cobra like the way you do it it's like okay you had a rattlesnake mm-hmm. where's that rattlesnake okay this is your rattlesnake <laughs> like no no there's heaps of rattlesnakes all over steamboats we know this <laughs> like <laughs> so the other use of a snake yarn would be they would be spread before a traveling show came to town so these traveling shows the family show precursor mm. to the circus and um, one of these um a uh, famous racially charged and biblically influenced tale was of a blue-eyed girl from New Hampshire who was charmed by a big black snake. She fell in love with the snake that lived on the end of the farm and started giving her its dinner. She starts to get emaciated and thin and her father grows concerned and so follows her to she- where she's going with her dinner. Sees the snake, kills the snake. Let's see, a couple of metaphors in there. I'm not going to break that down she for you. She was given the food to the snake. Fell in love with the snake that uh, charmed her. Oh, yeah. Reverse snake charming. Sometimes mm-hmm. snakes charm people. The snake's actually the devil. I think this was also a black person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's about... Um, yeah, it's... It's like early... This is these early subtle racist... Um, yeah, you can't distinguish between the yeah. snake and the yeah, person. Exactly, don't fall for the snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a travelling family called the Hill family would recreate this story and they'd get their young daughter and just have her with a big black snake, you know, being uh, all yeah. lovely with it. But it eventually ended up with the arrest of the father... For cruel and unnatural exposure and endangering the health and life of a child, <laughs> so he went off to the he went off to the slammer. To the slammer. It was, this was after the tar and feather age, then. Yeah. Hmm. So this was yeah before the 1900 uh, audiences where the circus became a thing and people loved it. Yeah. Good big scary snake. Um, so because snakes can't really be trained to any degree, they never really made the center ring. Because, yeah, they can't jump through hoops. They'll just be themselves. Yes, they can just be a big snake. So (laughs) they were a pretty big player in the freak shows. Yeah. So it was... By being a freaky snake or just being wrapped around the freaky person? Well, giant snakes were super popular. So, Mm. like, when they started to... Originally, they were using uh, black rat snakes Mm. and rattlesnakes because they were just 
everywhere and easily to get. And then they started importing the boas and pythons, mm. and people were really into that. And they were also into the venomous ones because it's the element of danger. And so then people got bored of that, and then they brought in the stripper that was dancing with it. Exactly. Then it was like <laughs> an excuse to have a stripper. Yes. Pretty much. Um, so it's the end of the line for entertainment, isn't yeah. it? Put in a chaff, throw in a snake. It's, it's not sexual, it's a woman with a snake. <laughs> so, yeah, they were into the venomous ones. So these were referred to as hot snakes, if they had fangs, as we alluded to earlier. Mm. So the main types of acts seem to be snake enchantresses or snake charmers, which just seem to be, like like we just said, a naked or near-naked woman handling a snake without the snake is inappropriate. <laughs> and it's just a woman in... Um, another act was the snake pit. Oh, so if you remember that famous uh, scene in Indiana Jones, famously yeah, of hater of snakes. Yeah. Um, so snake handler or wild gal. Hmm. So they incorporate some sort of uh, wild person, like caveman yeah. freak. Yeah. To go in there with the snakes, <laughs> and so they would jump into a pit of snakes, um, and everyone would follow around so in the 1920s rattlesnakes were eight cents for 450 grams 450 so grams of live rattlesnake 450 grams of rattlesnake would cost you eight cents mm-hmm. so this made a snake pit very affordable for a sideshow <laughs> like anybody you can chuck a bunch of these cheap snakes um cheap snakes come and get them yeah so and people obviously terrified so mm. in one particular sideshow, there would be a wild gal in a in a pit putting snakes in her mouth and writhing around with them, and then she'd pick them up and show them to the audience and just terrify them, while a whip boy or her handler would fire off blanks of his gun and crack the whip at the girl to try and calm her down. And while the crowd's all panicked and fleeing and all over the place, they had crafty little pickpockets in there <laughs> who would steal everyone's money. <laughs> Part of the business model. Yeah. The snake pit slash pickpocket. The Wilsons come home and just like, oh, took my wallet again, but it was worth it. It was quite the show. Yeah. Oh, it's so stupid. <laughs> eh? So they also had two-headed snakes and hoop snakes that they claimed that could be made into a hoop and rolled around like a wheel, <laughs> which obviously was not true. But two-headed snakes was a thing. That was. Would that just be two snakes that would... Just- they were just sold together? Or? No, I've seen a two-headed turtle. Like, they come in two-headed. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Siamese turtle. With two separate brains that yeah. have two separate agendas. Yeah, I think... I've, I'm not... Again, I'm sorry, David. <laughs> um, but I'm, I believe I've seen pictures of two-headed snakes. I think I've seen, like, a picture of, like, a, a snake baby... A deceased snake baby with two heads but that's it like not a rocking one if it wasn't fake yeah it's weird i've never i don't know like i've definitely seen a live two-headed turtle 100 saw one a live one a live one rocking around in a um aquarium in south korea that's wild yeah it was i was I was not impressed by the aquarium at all, <laughs> but then, then you understood. two-headed turtle, and I was done. I was like raving about it. That that is something to rave about, though. That is, uh... yeah. They should put that on the poster. Not adequate 
aquarium Medi- featuring Medi- two-headed turtle. Dirty <laughs> and medium interesting aquarium. Yeah, nothing special except this thing. <laughs> and the other type of um, act uh, was eating live snakes. So here so- comes the girl eating the snakes again. No, this is guys eating. So there were mo- mm. there were notable um, snake eaters. One was Will Steamboat Davis, who performed under the name Bosco the Snake Eater, and he performed for Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey. What do steamboats say? They're obsessed. He started as a steamboat captain and has discovered his talent for eating snakes. But he was also a bit of a criminal, it seems, or always getting himself into trouble. And I couldn't find why he got served a life sentence. But I did find one uh, article from back in the uh, 1800s about why, or 1900s, about why he uh, went to jail one time. Oh, yeah. Which I'm going to read to you. But just on a side note as well, Harry Houdini went to see Bosco Mm. and said, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) This is Harry Houdini's famous um, uh, magician busting tour. Did you know this? Yeah, I've heard about it. He, he, no, he went, was spiritualists. He, yeah. Well, also, uh, he he just went around and figured out everyone's uh, trick and exposed them. Oh, it's no, it's because he hated spiritualists. Because this uh, is when spiritualism and Ouija boards and contacting the dead yeah. and all these false table moves and all this shit was yeah. super popular, and he hated it. Yeah. So he went around and showed everyone how it was done yeah. because he thought it was a terrible thing for people to like pretend to be psychic. Yeah. He's a, the uh, what's his name? If you want actual name, Darren Brown is a dude who stops people believing in. Uh, He's the Houdini of his list of today. But Houdini couldn't uh, say how this guy was a scam because he wasn't. He just ate the snakes. Some dude eating snakes. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So that's how snakes um, featured in the circus. Um, and here, but how did he get jailed then? So I'm going to read you the story oh, yeah. verbatim. So this is fr- right out of the newspaper. Yeah. Because I couldn't find why he went to jail. But Year? this is, I guess it's around 1906, so probably 1900s, somewhere in mm-hmm. that. Um, so this uh, article was called Bosco Snake Eater Goes to County Jail. This is the title of the article. Well, he's there. He produces tame snakes and makes a number of re- weary willies nervous. The real, genuine Bosco, the original snake eater, was a guest of Sheriff Taylor at the Tatters Courthouse Hotel for several days during the past week. Bosco is well known here and at the time of the carnival did the snake eating act for the edification of his fellow townsmen. I love that. love that word, edification. (laughs) He's also been away for a long time and his friends thought that his unholy appetite had at last stowed him beneath the sot. Unholy appetites. Yeah, so they thought his friends thought he died. Yeah. So their thoughts, however, were at fault. For Mr. Bosco turned up a week ago yesterday with the late departed Sweeney show. He proclaimed that he had reformed and was fasting as far as snakes went and was making a hit on the vaudeville stage. His stay here was most pleasant until last Friday. He became cruel and inhuman to a rented bicycle. What? The cruelty is said to have consisted in trying to carry a can of beer and two fellow actors on the bike. The machine succumbed under the weight and sustained personal injuries in the sum of $4. The sum was enormous and Bosco, when given the opportunity to produce the money or go to jail for malicious mischief, was forced to take the latter course. 
He only stayed in the custody of Taylor three days, but this was too long for the tramps in prison there. No sooner did the Selkie turn on Bosco than he reached inside his shirt, and one by one he pulled forth about a dozen of the most twisting, wriggling and hissing snakes that ever greeted the eye of a convalescent drunk. The effect of his play was magical. One tramp who was recovering from a red wine social (laughs) tried to tear the bars out of the cell in his effort to escape from Bosco's pets. The series of yells and whoops that floated down the corridor could only have come from mortals in fear of immediate and impending desolation. Bosco had the whole jail treed. I don't know what that means. Um, Intrigued. Treed. Had the whole jail intrigued. Treed. Hmm. There were tramps hanging to the bars and tramps on under the bunks, and there was not a tramp who was not almost scared to death. (laughs) Bosco was king, and when his shadow crossed the threshold of the outer door of the Bastille on Sunday morning, a heavy sigh of relief was wafted through the jail, and all settled down to a routine life, as lived before Bosco came. (laughs) Which is interesting, because it suggests that they mostly just arrested drunks and people that broke bicycles. Mm. But Bosco really, I feel like he really, you, you get a sense of his character here. He's just like a raging drunk who's just sailing around uh, high on life. But instead of having a parrot on the shoulder, he has like 12 little rattlesnakes in his uh, huge coat. Oh, it's horrifying, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, this would have been just when the, the bicycle if... was being created as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were really on side with the with with the emotions of the bicycle. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. And like, I got this out of like the actual written article. Yeah, like, and just to think, this is how they used to write articles with all this kind of <laughs> a lot more passion and a lot more kind of uh, yeah. madness. Um, yeah, so that's Bosco. I thought that was quite Great funny. Guy. Um, so that's Snakes of the Circus and their uses. Not and much, it turns out. Yeah, well, there's not learning that's it. You can't do much with a snake. No. I think that's what I've learned is that, I mean, they're impressive. They have crazy abilities. But as far as man's relationship to snake, mm. it's not, it's, yeah, they're not doing much. It's not a line dancing goat with a trained monkey uh, who placed the exactly. harmonica on his head. They're not remembering thousands of words or, no. yeah, like, elephants on balls or some shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to come and figure out some snake act. We'll be the biggest thing <laughs> since... <Yeah. laughs> we'll be the biggest thing since Johnny the Trapeze artist did a swing of 50 meters. Yeah. Forget about Bonzo. Yeah. <laughs> Type of walking snakes. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, now we've reached the everyone's favourite part, or at least, um, well, not everyone's favourite, but yeah, I guess, I but you some people everyone. Yeah. Don't even know what it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the psychic snake section. Ooh. And so, for this one, I actually started emailing a snake psychic <laughs> to see if they would talk to me. Yeah. And they were sort of keen, but then because they hadn't heard the podcast, they didn't want to do it. And then they said, well, if you pay for a snake reading, then you can ask me questions. And that was like 150 US for the hour. Whoa. So um, we can't really plug her or anything, but no. she um, she's a snake psychic. She uses psychic snakes to uh, help you through things. Now we know how much we need to slam on the... On the table to get a 
interview get some real sisters <laughs> or i guess we could we could revisit it but i mean i was also thinking like we don't make fun of snakes like we're not making fun of psychics so much like we're no you know we do have some respect for it it's not like we think it's totally weird it's just that that book it's <laughs> if you don't think that book is fucking bullshit then <laughs> like i don't know i believe in russian dolphin birth but i don't believe in the rest of it like but anyway so <laughs> i found another snake psychic telling about his um recent snake psychic uh, escapades yeah so this is a guy called charles so again um you can look him up uh i'm not going to give you the information on how to look him up because i think he might be dangerous no <laughs> but he's uh his name is charles peden if you want to uh find out more about this uh, particular snake psychic so borrowing from his uh, website i have the story of his uh, or of one of his uh, psychic snake what would you call it psychic snake really encounters so uh, he says so not too long ago i was watching a nature show on pbs and it occurred to me that i had appreciated most animals but had a bit of a problem with snakes now i've never been bitten by a snake but sadly in my past I had an aversion to them that was very strong, to the point that I may have ended some snake lives prematurely. So I was watching this show, and they began discussing snakes, and they showed footage of thousands of them coming out of hibernation. He's probably watched Planet Earth too. (laughs) Um, As I watched it, I thought to myself, Great! With my luck, I'm going to channel a snake. I have channeled other animals directly before, but not a snake. Later that evening, I was sitting on the couch with my wife when I noticed the spirit of an animal in our living room. It was very low to the ground, and at first I thought it might be a lizard or something similar, as it appeared to have these tiny arms and legs. I could see the erythral form of the spirit, and it was about four foot in front of me. All of a sudden, it ran straight towards me and entered my chest. I slumped forward for a second as I transferred the controls to the snake spirit, and within seconds I noticed a change. I felt as though I had a snake body. I felt as though I had arms and legs. But now they were at my sides, as if I flexed one arm or the other, I could move side to side. Uh, What? He's just wiggling on the floor now. He's on the couch. Oh, he's wiggling on the couch. Very sensitive to what's on TV. Um, (laughs) I also noticed that my movements were different. I wasn't walking around, but simply turning my head head felt different. The biggest change, though, was my vision. I could see both regular images as well as infrared images. (laughs) Classic. He's just watched this on TV as well. So, when looking at my wife, it was a bit odd to see her heat signature. And when I looked at my rabbit, he began to look pretty tasty. (laughs) Uh Then I felt the weirdest, coolest sensation, and that was opening my mouth and feeling as if fangs had been folded up here, dropping down and into place, I'm not sure what type of snake he was. Probably a rattlesnake. I never did remember to ask him. According to my wife, I did the tongue flicking thing. Oh, the no. 45 minutes, baby. Best sex we ever had. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Poor wife. No. I didn't even remember that. The end result was that after a few minutes he left, and I found a new respect and admiration for snakes. One of the things he left me was the fact they're far more frightened of us than we should be of them, and I had to agree with him. In addition, I had to respect their role in the circle of life, in controlling rodent populations. In summary, animals communicate in a vast number of ways, 
on a telepathic level and the wealth of information that can be received is incredible. A good animal communicator, pet psychic, would be able to communicate with all species, should not require a photograph or a description, and should be able to provide accurate and detailed information such as ages, dates, physical descriptions, descriptions of surroundings, favourite activities, locations, and much more. But what? How does he... So he's channeling a snake, but what does that... How does he sell that, then? Well, his wife, obviously, sees him. (laughs) Sneaking about on the couch. So he's just (laughs) involuntarily channeling different animals and then bragging about it and that's his gig well i think he's just a general pet psychic and like obviously on and i I, if i were to break this down i would say he's he's watching a thing about snakes probably possibly planet earth too (laughs) yeah and then he's like oh you know what i'm very open to suggestion and, and animal entities and spirits and whatever and then as luck would have it Along comes the snake, pops in his chest. His wife walks in, goes, "What are you doing?" He's snaking about on the couch, <laughs> and then afterwards he's like, "Oh, sorry, I was embodied by a snake." And his wife goes, "I'm leaving you." <laughs> <laughs> this is the last animal we're having in this house. <laughs> I'm taking the rabbit. Yeah, I wonder how many how he's been killing snakes as well. Taking the delicious rabbit, but again, it's like fine if he. That's fine. I I can I can get with him if he <laughs> if he channels snake spirits. Then that's cool. Like I'm, like sure. <laughs> like, There's can't. no like large benefit or wisdom coming out of channeling a snake or. Well, he's he's got a new respect for how they control rodent populations. Oh, nice. So that was the wisdom. That's also from from the planet, no, the yeah, the planet Earth too, isn't it? Like this was a very direct or channel. Just animal planet. This wasn't like a snake came to me and taught me the third secret of the universe. Mm. This is a snake came to me, showed me what it's like to be a snake, and then fucked off. <laughs> mm. But let's be fair, there wasn't any snake in the room at any point. Either way. Well, it was a psychic snake, a snake spirit. It was a snake spirit, yeah. Yeah, but actual snake. <laughs> no, because he would have killed it if he'd seen it. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> but I like that he was into it. Like, he had, he knew about the infrared images, the heat sensors. Like, yeah. his wife is obviously a, a very understanding woman. <laughs> you know, it's quite interesting. Quite. Uh, but I guess that's it. Like, compared to somebody who's, you know, like, I... It's not like using a parrot to take the cards that you read the person with or stuff like that. This is more like, uh, yeah, do the channeling kind of thing. Like, I once had a dream. Um, (laughs) You have a snake dream. (laughs) Yeah, one of the most vivid dreams of my life where I was sitting... I've had many snake dreams, actually, now that I think about it. So I had one snake dream where um, I was sitting... You know those rock formations in the desert that go up to a thin point and then get wider again as they go to the top. Yeah. I was sitting on one of those, looking out over a desert that was consisting of giant writhing snakes making up the sand dunes in the horizon Ooh. during a big lightning storm. And another one where Jim Morrison whipped me in the chest and I fell through myself. But uh, he whipped, whipped me with the, a snake. With a snake? No, it was, sorry, correction, baby alligator. But... um. <laughs> Again, like, I don't know if that taught me 
you know, oh yeah, that was an alligators. I'm wrong. But neither of those dreams really taught me anything other than things are scary in your head sometimes. Well, <laughs> somehow Jim Morrison got tangled up in it. Yeah, he was, I think it was, I think it was, uh, he was my uh, St. Peter in this uh, manifestation. Oh, yeah. Deciding my fate. Yeah. Yeah, Never since you've been channeling, channeling an alligator. Yeah, I'm definitely an alligator man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about they you. call me Alligator Dundee. <laughs> alligator. Yeah, exactly. That's what they call it. You can't spell alligator <laughs> without Al. No. As I always say. Um. So, snakes, that's all I have because... That's all I could, you know. It's, it's I don't use. A, it was a nice uh, mixed nuts uh, treat. I liked it. Yeah, there was some stuff. But I feel I there's an endless sea of snakes out there. Actually, now that we, it feels like we only scratched the surface. There's so many different types of snakes doing yeah. so many different types of things. Mm. But there, it all falls under the bracket of. Man bitten by snake. Yes. Snake is this big. Somebody thought this snake was another snake and it wasn't. Snakes are this and they do that. You know, like, there's not any kind of, like, intelligence snakes. or They they don't have a bag of tricks other than their senses that are crazy. Yeah, and, like, historically... So how many senses do they have? Well, they use the same parameters, or they don't need to use the same parameters. Got face vision... Yeah. Bone, mouth vision, mouth eye vision. Sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Infrared mouth sound. I think that's a bit of everything. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, tuning into this week's uh, psychic parrot, uh, learning about bonzo and the uh, channeling of snakes and uh, all the other goodies. Why snakes are feared and respected. Yeah, and that it was not an apple, it was just an unspecified fruit. Yeah. It might have been a banana. We think maybe it was a banana, like yeah. a snake hanging out in a banana tree. So think about this. Um, until next time. Same snake time, same snake <laughs> channel.